Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. What's next in your life? Join Larry at a Dream Intensive Workshop coming this February to Minneapolis and Denver. There's really nothing like a Dream Intensive Workshop to jumpstart your dream in 2015. Learn more at dreamintensive.com. Episode number 50 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, what do you do when you get overloaded? Well, we're going to suggest that your impulse at those times might be doing you a disservice. And on this episode of Reinventure Me, we're going to talk about creating strategic margin. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello and welcome to episode 50. Hey, Armin. It's a big, big deal. We're in midlife. That's right. Yeah, well, I guess midlife if we were talking in human years, but yeah. in podcast years, this is probably still just the very beginning. That's all right. I think it's still a good reason to go buy some crotch rockets or something. Some crotch rockets? <laughs> they reinventure me. <laughs> branded crotch rocket. Hey, something okay. midlife crisis type. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or all right. We well, can get convertible cars if that's well, easier. Well, there you here. go. That would be easier for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to this episode of Reinventure Me. This is the podcast for what's next in life, whether it's a crotch rocket or a, or a convertible <laughs> or whatever you need to be next in your life. We want to help you discover ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures God has called you into. Uh, this is the Reinventure Me podcast. I am your co-host, Larry Gates, along with Armin Asadi. And uh, boy, we are in episode 50. So thank you, my friends, for listening into this episode. Uh, yeah. We're just going to cut it short here. And be done with it because this is like uh, <laughs> just kidding. end on a positive note <laughs> before everything crashes. <laughs> well, it's fun. It was fun last week to celebrate our uh, one year anniversary launch, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's fun, of course, to get to the episode five zero and yeah. And when we get to triple digits one hundred uh, this uh, this coming year, this will be yeah. great. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we do have an announcement because we have been uh, surveying or asking you to give us your feedback on the Reinventure Me show, and we've been bribing you to do that by <laughs> by suggesting that you could win an Amazon fifty dollar gift card uh, that we will randomly draw a winner. So we want to let you know that that was just a hoax to get you to give us feedback. No, we, we actually we actually do have a winner, and we want to thank you for all the great feedback. But we do actually have a winner of our fifty dollar Amazon gift card. All right, drum roll, please. All right, and our winner is. Sam Hodgett. Sam Hodgett. All right. That's that celebration sounds. So you get so, our, so you get our you get our lame hurrahs, <laughs> Sam, and thank you so much for giving us your feedback on the show. What was Sam's favorite episode? So great question. So when we asked Sam what his favorite episode was, his uh, was episode number four, actually. How mindset affects your next great beginning. That's when we had next great beginning in every single day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we changed our mindset about that. <laughs> well played. I see what you did there. So this is the funniest part. You remember this other question that we asked is, what do you like most about the yeah. show? Oh, yeah. my gosh. What did he say? So 
This was Sam's response. I know where you live, Sam. <laughs> he said. Is that what he said? No, oh, that's what I'm saying. Oh, that's a, Sam. This is a warning to Sam? All right. What did he say? He said, the humor. He or, liked most about the humor. Okay. Yeah. Or, or Armin's lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sam. Hey, I'm growing in my humor. And he's a friend of yours, right? Yeah. Was. <laughs> Well, Sam, well, well done there. We do, we do uh, really value your honesty, <laughs> so. yeah, especially about me. Right? <laughs> That's all right. I still love you, Sam. No worries. That sounds like a great friend to have, <laughs> especially during the times you're telling a joke. Yes, yes. Well, we have one more announcement too. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share with you because this I get excited about this. Dream Intensive is coming up February sixth and seventh in Minneapolis, and February twenty seventh and twenty eighth. In Denver. Now, this is a time where you can get together with other Christian believers that want to determine what God's dream is for their life. And so, if you feel that there's something inside of you that has to be birthed out, or you're maybe stuck on something that you haven't been able to get going, this is your opportunity to do that on a Friday night and Saturday. You'll get together with other people. We'll talk about our dreams. We'll be putting together a 90-day plan for how you can pursue your individual dream. And it's not like anything you're going to get on video or by email. It's just a terrific interaction, and it's really a highlight of my year to be able to do these. So if you can be a part of that, if you are interested, go to dreamintensive.com and use the promo code REINVENTURE when you register, and you'll save 30 bucks off your registration. So that's what's next in my life. Perfect. Looking forward to doing those in a, in a couple weeks. And what's weeks. next in this episode is the Inspire Me so we can get it kickstarted. Right on. <laughs> well, Inspire Me, This we've chosen one from Alvin Toffler. Mm-hmm. And it simply says, if you don't have a strategy, you're part of someone else's strategy. That's so true. It is true. Yeah, I've been part of a lot of other people's strategies. Well, I have too. <laughs> And in some ways, I think it, it's kind of hard to tell when you are or you aren't unless you really do some deep dive work. And that's part of what we want to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we just dive right into the topic here? I just want to ask you first how this topic came up because you just did something and I think it's important to share. So why don't you share that with us? Yeah, I had the opportunity yesterday to speak to a little over 100 human resource executives here in the Twin Cities uh, called the Human Resource Executive Forum. And we ended up talking about strategic margin Hmm. and how you create strategic margin for your life. That can't be the easiest crowd to stand in front of them because you know every single one is analyzing you. (laughs) I told them when we started that I was like, I feel a little vulnerable here because, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know how long it's going to take you before you figure out my Myers-Briggs type, my strength finders, my disc Disc. profile, all that sort of stuff. You You know know, everything about me now. The only thing that'd be worse is probably standing in front of a bunch of psychoanalysts. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? I would hate that, especially me. So strategic margin, I know that's a term that you've coined. Obviously, I'm familiar with it just because of the background work that I've done with you. But Mm -hmm. for those of us who are not familiar with it, can you break down what strategic margin is? Yeah. So a little bit of background, as you alluded to here, that we've been working on putting together a clinic for CEOs, small, mid-sized business owners. And you know the challenge they have, Armin, is the challenge of how do they work on their business while they're working in their business. Mm-hmm. And so often the demands of business just supersede anything for them to think about how they take their business forward and where they want it to go. Mm-hmm. So our clinic, we're calling the Strategic Margin Clinic, is designed to help them understand how they can break out of the day-to-day firefighting and get ahead of the curve and think about that. But in order to do it, you have to make some fundamental shifts in how you think about your life and how you conduct yourself to create more margin. So we ended up calling that strategic margin. 
And as I was talking to the human resources people yesterday, what is appropriate for owner of a business to work on for their business is true for us as well in working in our own personal lives and even thinking about where we want to go, which is what makes Alvin Toffler's quote so powerful. Right. Because so few of us really think about, well, what is the strategy for my life? Mm -hmm. How am I going to get there? And so if you think about the classical definition of margin, not in a financial sense, but in a time sense, Mm -hmm. margin is the space between the capacity that you have and the demands that you have. Hmm. So it's really a mathematical formula of power minus load. Hmm. And uh, Richard Swenson wrote a great book called Margin, and he talks about that. It's it's basically the definition between your limits and your load. Hmm. And you might think about it as it's what's left over when all my capacity has met the demands upon it. And of course, most of us would say, well, there isn't anything left over. Right. (laughs) We don't have any margin for that. Yeah. And so the idea about creating strategic margin is really another way of saying we want to prioritize how we do what we do in order to make sure that we have time for the big rocks in our life. The big rock being the strategy for our lives and what we do and what's important. Because if we don't, we're going to end up doing what somebody else wants to do because that's the easiest thing to do. Right on. You know, this is one of those things I always thought maybe it's an age thing because I lack experience or I've lived, I haven't lived enough life or I haven't been successful enough yet or whatever it might be. I always made excuses for not having enough margin, but then coming around you and seeing you consult CEOs, COOs, CFOs, and all these people. And I realized some of them are extremely successful and they have a ton of experience in life. And it really doesn't change the fact that they still probably lack more less margin than I do in certain scenarios. So just having this experience with you, I realize this is a topic that really does affect everyone. It's not one of those things that it just might affect some people. It's, I, I'm starting to realize it's almost inevitable in most cases. It, it really is. It's a matter of life management. And you know, the Bible says, of course, that he who has been given much, much will be required. Yeah. And so those who have a higher degree of responsibility inside of an organization have a lot of burden upon them Mm -hmm. and and it's even more incumbent on them to make sure that they have the structure in their lives in order to get the strategic margin they need to get now the problem comes in is that most of us when we run out of space we run out of time really to get something done our natural action is to lessen the load you know if margin is power minus load we try to get rid of stuff. We offload stuff. We start canceling appointments. We exit out of responsibility. We start even delegating or right. offloading to other people or yep. dropping off boards, showing up to meetings late. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> try not to do that too often. <laughs> well, what? I wasn't pointing at you. <laughs> sure, sure. I believe you. <laughs> but those are the behaviors that we engage in. Yeah. And the key point that I was trying to make to this group was those behaviors are only temporary fixes. Mm -hmm. Because get this, if the equation is margin is power minus load, you can reduce load and increase your margin, right? I mean, that's clearly you can do that. And that's the most expedient thing to do. But if you decrease your load, it has no effect on your power. Mm. You haven't increased your capacity at all by decreasing your load. Mm. But if you increase your power, your personal power to get things done, Mm. you can also increase your load. Wow. So it's how you do what you do that has the biggest ability for you to get things done. Mm. Now, consider the implications of this, because it's not only about how you think about what you do, the strategy conversation with Alvin Toffler is talking about. 
It's not only having time to think about those kinds of deep questions in your life, but it's also about being able to execute on more than one thing at a time. So many of our people in our audience are saying, hey, I know I have to be where I'm at, but it isn't where I want to be, and how do I pivot? Hmm. And we talked about pivoting in one of our earliest episodes, and we talked yeah. about creating a personal vision in one of our earlier episodes. And the challenge, of course, is it sounds all really good, but it's difficult to implement unless you can work on some of the shifts in thinking through why and how you're doing what you're doing. Hmm. I like that. So, I mean, we're talking about the load and capacity and power and all this stuff. So I guess one of the precursor questions I kind of wanted to ask was, how do you recognize that you have a lack of margin in your personal life? I mean, I have a good idea just based on my very crappy experiences, but I'm curious based on you know what you're talking about, what you recommend for us to recognize. Well, if you're talking strictly about lack of margin, then those symptoms are pretty easy to spot. Okay. Are you feeling anxious, restless, like you have an endless amount of to-dos, you're constantly fatigued, mm. you start canceling appointments, you're not able to meet the commitments that you make. Right. Uh, all of those are signs of a negative margin. Mm. Are you, you know, <laughs> burning out? Those are clear signs of being in a margin or marginless situation. Right. If you can't recall the last time you felt good joy, it's probably that you don't have enough margin. Mm -hmm. You haven't had a time for good rest where you can just relax and unwind, then you probably haven't had good margin. But the kind of margin that I'm interested in is a little deeper than that, in that it's about strategic margin. So it's really about constantly taking care, not just for rejuvenation, but for thinking about the strategy of your life, the vision, and thinking through the kinds of ways in which you do what you do, not just what you do. It's as important to think about how you do what you do, because those are where the real power changes happen in our lives. When we start to see that, hey, I have this habit of checking email in the morning. And when I check email in the morning, it, it may spend me 45 minutes going down checking news articles and other kinds of things. It would be better spent for me to do something that is less distracting. Mm-hmm. So think about when am I most prone to distraction? How am I using my time? Where could that be done differently? And we could talk about all the productivity things. Yeah. But that's just one aspect of it. Okay, so what, what would be another aspect of this then? Well... There's there's a number of different elements that you have to look at when you want to try to increase your personal power. But I'd, I'd really rather make the point to begin with that one of the challenges that we have when we go down this path, when we're saying, I'm in this overload situation, and I just want to unload stuff, is that what we don't realize is this by unloading it, all we do is reinforce that as a mechanism by which we can get out in the future. Hmm. And we don't take a pause to say, how do we change, fundamentally shift what we're doing so that we can be more responsible? Yeah. And one of the big shifts that I had to see was that if I'm going to say yes to something, I need to give it time to incubate. Hmm. In other words, instead of saying an immediate yes when I'm confronted with an opportunity, which is where I'm prone to do because I get excited about something, I can see it getting done, and so I just respond yes. Yeah. What helps me is just to say, before I answer, take a breath. 
And what I mean by a breath is it's a little bit longer than a breath. It might be a day, it might be a week where I have to give it some consideration yeah. before I commit to it. Then I can test whether it's truly in my strategic direction or if I just was infatuated in the moment. You mm-hmm. see, it's kind of the difference between infatuation and love. Mm-hmm. Infatuation is always going to have you chasing something, the bright, shiny object, because, right. hey, it's... I think I can see how to do that, and that would be fun to do. Right. It's fun in the moment when yeah. you're first told the idea, but then think about it for a day or a week. Hmm. And is it still fun then? Does it still fit your strategic direction? Right. And I think Alvin Toffler was onto something because a lot of people are able to recruit people into their strategy because they respond the same way. They go, yeah, that would be good. I can do that. And then they end up saying, well, how am I going to do all this? And finally, they find out that they've gone down a road that they didn't want to go down. Wow. And the only reason they went down it was because they committed to it Hmm. before they realized that that wasn't the path they were supposed to be on. Well, a lot of times you probably just want something to commit to rather than kind of going in circles. So you see a strategy that you see yourself fitting into and rather because you don't have your own, it feels like an easy out, you know, I'm just going to commit to that one because it looks like or feels like that I would enjoy doing that or I would stick to that and continue to get fulfilled from it. Yeah, and that's often the case because we judge something by what we think our immediacy value is. Mm -hmm. And where we don't think about is we don't think about our future self. So we're not thinking about, okay, where does this take me? Mm. If I say yes to this, does it take me in a direction or give me the kind of opportunity that I'm looking for for my future self? And can't answer the question about your future self, then you've got a different issue, and you should go listen to our episode 14 on creating a personal vision, (laughs) right? I mean, because that's the idea. So if you're thinking about strategic margin, what strategic margin is saying is, I want to think about my life from where I'm headed, and I want to think about the strategies, the ways in which I'm going to get there. Mm -hmm. The means are the tactics, the ways are the strategies, and I'm going to think about the strategies for how I'm going to get there. Mm. And to take the time and the disciplines to do that. So now the question comes down to, right, what would it take in your life to have the time to do that kind of reflective thinking? Hmm. What shifts are needed to make for you to do that? Hmm. And until you embrace the idea that having a strategy for your life is probably one of the most important things you can invest your time in, it will never happen. So here's the ultimate question I guess I, I want to ask is mm-hmm. more of the how-to. So how do we gain more margin in our lives or how do we create that strategic margin in our personal lives? You need to increase your personal power. That's the key of that equation. Just right. offloading might be helpful, but it's a temporary fix. Yep. And when you offload something, it doesn't give you power. It can just give you margin. Great. Yeah, I suppose you could redeem that margin for power, but few of us do. Most of us return to working the same way we did before. Right. You know, it's the old Leo Tolstoy comment. Everyone wants to change the world, but no one wants to change themselves. We're very resistant to change. Yep. And I've identified five elements of personal power. Of course, we won't be able to get through all of them in this episode, but I'll just give you the quick flyover on them. The first one is willpower. And we've talked about willpower in one of our earlier episodes. In fact, in several of our episodes and habit formation and all the rest. And willpower is really just the thing uh, that allows us to have control. It's self-control. And there's ways in which you can manage that. And we've talked about that in earlier episodes. But the key is we often conserve our willpower by accepting the presuppositions we have. Mm. 
And I th- we even talked about that, I think, in our last episode about how we might just easily enter into a presupposition yeah. that we don't challenge. Hmm. And so we need to know that willpower is one of those assets that we have that we can grow. And the more we grow our ability to think critically about the assumptions that we're making and to say, am I behaving in a way that is locked in to some assumptions? There is a neuroscientist, his name is Gregory Burns, and he describes the brain as a lazy piece of meat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If you just grab a hold of that comment about it for a second and you just say, all right, I am shepherding, and this is probably a good way to think about it, I am shepherding a lazy piece of meat. Hmm. And you know how athletes train their bodies, right? They know that they can continue along in their exercise routine, but if they don't break something, if they don't shift it up, if they don't change the routine, their body settles into it Hmm. and they don't get peak performance. That's why you get golf players, world-renowned golf players, they'll just break their swing apart. They'll just reinvent it all over again. Hmm. The reason they do that, even though they've got a swing that everybody would admire, The reason they do that is because unless they do, unless they break it down, they trick their body, they won't reach a higher level of performance. Hmm. And so because our brain gets lazy, once we start habitualizing, that's what I call a proficiency paradox. We get better when we habitualize things, Hmm. but once we habitualize things, our brain becomes lazy and we stop being a new beginner. And we talked about being a new beginner in one of our episodes as well, right? Wasn't that probably the first episode? Oh, uh, no, well, no, well, it wasn't actually. But uh, the first episode was about you being the new beginner and me being the new beginner uh, on this right. show, right? Yep, that's true, that's true. <laughs> but the idea behind the willpower is the strength is that we want to do is we want to exercise willpower or self-control over how we think, and we want to continue to challenge ourselves mm-hmm. as a learner. Second is delegative power, and this is true in organizations, but it can also be true with individuals in that how do you delegate things to others? Hmm. And it's not about delegating to offload. It's about delegating as a means of lifestyle. Hmm. So think about it as an executive in a business. If you really have delegative power, the one thing that you've allowed to delegate in fact, probably insisted upon, is the credit. Hmm. As long as you keep credit, but you delegate the work, then you really don't have delegated power. You're only offloading. So the test of whether you have delegated power is whether you've delegated the credit for getting it done. That's profound. So getting it done trumps who gets credit for it. Hmm. And as, as long as you keep that in mind, now you have delegated power. And it's tremendously helpful in creating personal power because if you don't have to do everything... But you can inspire it, you can mm-hmm. cheer it on, you can make it happen, then what kind of that's a tremendous power. Right. And it allows you to really think strategically. Third is what I call reciprocity power. Now, you and I talked about this, I think back in episode seven, how to network like a pro. This is where you use your network to do work for you. Yeah. But the way you get your network to work for you is that you work for them. Yeah. So think about delegative power as like the binding energy of an atom. It's really strong and tight because you've got authority and a structure to make that happen. Reciprocity power is one of those weak binding energies like gravitation. You know, it's not nearly as strong, but it's still there. And the idea of reciprocity is you do something for me, I do something for you. I mean, marketers know this, right? They'll send you a dollar or we sent you an offer for a $50 Amazon (laughs) certificate, right? And, and And you give us feedback right, right on our show exactly. so there's a reciprocity there you put a dollar in an envelope yep. 
you'll get somebody to complete a survey. In fact, my daughter Stephanie was so interested in a college. I said, why are you so interested in this college? And she said, because they sent me a stick of gum. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> yeah. That's a true story. Yeah, it's a true story. That's amazing. But that's the power of reciprocity. You yeah. know, a stick of gum hmm. can prompt a college visit wow. on the part of a teen that says, hey, I'm kind of interested in seeing that school. Why? Well, they sent me a stick of gum. <laughs> that's amazing. But most of us don't think about how we are responding to those kinds of offers, nor do we realize that we have an incredible network. Go back and listen to our episode seven if you haven't listened to it. There are a credible network of opportunities that you can get, but the key is you have to be authentic. Mm-hmm. If you go and do networking to get stuff, there is no reciprocity there. Right. It happens because you've given to it. It's yeah, it's all about you. Yeah. Nobody wants to be involved in that. Yeah. It's the you party. Nobody wants to be in the you party. Right. <laughs> right. The fourth element of creating personal power is what I call creative power, which is, you know, we're all made to create. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind creative power is that you start, back to our episode of being like a beginner, you start looking at things in a nonlinear way. You start yeah. asking, what if? And here's where you say, I am allowed to play, and this is my adult playtime. And I'm going to create some stuff. I'm going to do some stuff that's fun. I'm going to do some stuff that's in my interest space. And the more you do that, the more you unleash your ability to think strategically about your life. Interesting. Yeah, and then the last one, quickly, is structural power. This is the most complicated one, and this is really the hardest one because the structural power is is when you start working on your how you work and your reliance on resources, both your own internal resources and the resources of others, not necessarily delegative, or but it's the reinforcement that you get for what you do, mm-hmm. and it's how you do it. So it's the way in which you work and shifting how we work and the habits that we work in are some of the hardest shifts to make right? because they take a lot of risk. Hmm. And so this is where we might get a lot of payoff when we start to look at how to get personal power. So for me, one of the biggest things to get margin in my life was to push all of my meetings to the best of my ability to the afternoon hmm. and shift my morning time to be focused on the creative projects and the projects that require that willpower, that mental energy that I need to apply to it. Hmm. Now, that was a fairly simple idea, but had a lot of profound implications. And I found that it was tough for me at first to manage that because Hmm. I'm used to the old, somebody wants to have a breakfast meeting, I schedule a breakfast meeting. But guess what I did? Hmm. If I schedule a breakfast meeting, I'm back to Alan Toffler's thing. Somebody else has a strategy for me. Hmm. And my strategy is not to have breakfast meetings. Yeah. My strategy is to have afternoon appointments if I'm going to have an appointment with somebody, unless it's absolutely unavoidable. Mm. And I've been able to do that. And it's made a tremendous difference in the amount of strategic margin that I've had. Yeah. It's one of the changes I actually made uh, in my life after you told me about that. I mean, this is way before the podcast even, but you said, here's one of the things that I do that's helped me quite a bit and making sure that I can organize my life and get the things that I need done in the mornings. So I stopped scheduling meetings in the mornings. And after you told me that I, I actually stopped planning anything in the morning. Yeah. And it's amazing. It I, makes a difference. Doesn't yeah. It? I, but I, I, I was never aware of it. You know, that whole awareness issue. That's it. But I was never aware how much mental energy and creative energy I would drain out in the mornings. So by the time I'd get into the afternoon or evening, 
I just didn't even want to do it because I had nothing left to give to it, you know? And I think that's why we've said on a few of these shows, for me, the observation has been, if I start with emails, it's like a, I've unleashed a million piranhas mm-hmm. because they all are making, I'm, I'm making now a decision for every email. Yeah. Do I trash it? Do I file it? Do I respond to it? Do I go to the link that's in it? Do I look at the attachment? Every one of those is a decision. Yeah. And every decision you make depletes your willpower Hmm. and you'll be spent by the time you get you're really ready to go and first thing in the morning is when you're at your freshest so why not use it to your most important work Hmm. and the idea that i was trying to impress upon this audience was that your most important work is maintaining strategic margin Hmm. so that you can think about where you're headed not only in your life but in your business Hmm. and so the morning time is really a wonderful way to do that. It goes back to our whole episode on journaling and some of the other practices that you can put out in the morning to yeah. create some of that strategic margin. That's awesome. So we want to make this practical. I mean, I, well, let's just be honest. I want you to make this practical for me because <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about here. But uh, as we go into this challenge me segment, what is a practical way for us to apply what you're talking about into our lives? Asking yourself some real tough questions. Am I doing something only because I have done it before this way? Hmm. When was the last time you shifted or thought about what you do and why you do it? But getting back to the why questions in our lives Hmm. and, and saying, do I have to keep doing this because I have done it? And maybe ask yourself, what's the biggest thing that I don't need to continue doing? Hmm. That I maybe can truly delegate to someone else in a way that I don't mind if they get the credit. Or I can find some other people in my network that can help me with this because I've helped them with things. I find ways to get out or just even choosing not to continue to do it. Now, some of that's offloading, but when it's offloading purposefully because you're not intending to pick it back up again, it's not just this temporary offload to get a little bit of space, then that's strategic. Hmm. You're adding to your power because what you're doing is you're saying, I can't do everything. I'm going to focus on the things that I can do and I can do really well. And then you start increasing your personal power. Now, I say this, but you know anybody that knows me well enough knows I'm engaged in a lot of stuff. And so I'm looking at each of these areas myself and trying to make those decisions. Where have I gotten stuck in my thinking? Where have I thought that maybe I just need to continue to do this because I have done it? Yeah. And then it's the law of diminishing returns. The only reason you're in it is because you were in it, (laughs) you know? And it's like, does that really fit with my future? Hmm. And those are some of the harder questions to ask. And unless you take the time and make that a priority, and I say first thing in the morning is the best time to think about it, you won't get there. Hmm. That's incredible. Well, I mean, that's all the time we have. Thank you for your insight. As always, Larry, it's always profound. It's always life-changing in some way. So thanks for taking something that was meant for corporations and executives and bringing it down to a personal level. I know it makes a lot of difference for me in my life. Just that one little change of what I do in the mornings has done a lot for me. So, Well, it's only, I'm only sharing, I mean, the stuff that I'm truly right now wrestling through on my myself. Those five elements are elements that I look at and evaluate in my life. I have a score. I think my lowest score on one of those is a four and my highest score is a six. Hmm. So I don't consider myself an expert in any of that. I got a long way to go, but it is something that I am leaning into. It's something that I'm paying a lot of attention to for myself right now. And I'm very fascinated about how to create more bandwidth by doing the right stuff. Right on, right on. 
Well, if you've been listening, we're so grateful that you've been listening. If you like this episode, would you just do us a favor and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher and tell your friends. Uh, you can find us at reinventure.me backslash iTunes or reinventure.me backslash Stitcher. And if you would, just leave us a question or a comment on our reinventure.me or even just uh, give us a call if that's easier for you. Our number is 612-314-5447. Join us on Facebook for any discussions or if you want to make fun of my lack of humor <laughs> or whatever you prefer, feel free. I have thick skin. I'm good with it. And uh, yeah, thank you again for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. So long. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>